You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Pay the least amount of taxes and actually bring home the net amount of most of money. Welcome to the Becoming a Pharmacy Badass podcast, where we talk about how to diversify your revenue streams, increase your net income, and optimize your operations to create the pharmacy of your dreams. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. of inquiries from some of you pharmacy badasses that are doing really good this year. Um, Those of you that jumped early on the vaccines, did a bunch of mass vaccines and did the testing, uh, your financials are looking very strong, um, almost too strong, where you were concerned about ginormous tax bills. Um, and so I was asked to like, what do we do? <laughs> so there is still, a, there was about 100 days left in the year, a couple of days ago, but you still have a good solid three months to maneuver and put yourself in the best uh, place to pay the least amount of taxes and actually bring home the net amount of most of money. So disclaimer, I am not an accountant. I am not a tax professional. I am no way, shape or form giving you any tax advice. Please run all of this by your um, preferred tax uh, professional. I will give you actually some recommendations for a tax professional, but these are just some things that I've learned and I thought I'd share with you. These are kind of like lower level ideas for those of you that might be talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. uh, There's some more advanced tax uh, strategies for you, but I thought I'd run down a simple list that is probably going to apply to most of you in this group. So did my little napkin uh, notes here. So the first one that um, I wanted to talk about was the R&D tax credit. So this is a tax credit, which actually um, is one of the best ways to lower your taxes because a deduction lowers your taxable income, but you still are um, paying you know, that percentage on there, whereas a credit is a dollar for dollar tax reduction. Um, so if you, you, if you lower your taxable income by say $100,000, if you're in the 34% tax bracket, well, you just saved $34,000 in taxes. But if you had a $100,000 tax credit, you actually lower your bill by the full $100,000. So um, the R&D tax credit, now I have written blogs on a couple of these tax um, ideas. So if you if you wanna go in and like read about it and click through to some resources, just go to the blog, diversifyrxblog.com and just type in the search box tax and it'll bring up those, those blogs. So, but the R&D tax credit, Many of you qualify for this and don't even know if you're using kind of the typical accountant that really doesn't specialize in entrepreneurs or business owners, they may not know really how to qualify for this, but uh, it is not just for compounders. Many people think that it's like only for compounders, but it does not have to be just for compounders, but you are gonna wanna work with your tax professional to make sure that you maximize this. It can be percentages of payroll, it can be, costs like if you're a compounder sending off for testing or trying to evaluate new compounds. Um, For those of you that are starting clinical services and and figuring all of that out, some of that might, uh, some of that cost and time might factor into there. So you definitely want to talk to your accountant about R&D tax credit because every dollar that falls under that is an exact dollar off your total tax um, owed. 
So that is that is number one. Number two is disabled access tax credit. <clears throat> now, this is about updating your website, but really your, your systems, your building, everything to do about your business in order to accommodate the disabled. So often this is about your website. So if you don't know, you are required to have a website that is ADA compliant. And there's actually companies out there that go around suing small businesses because many small businesses don't have compliant websites. Now, it can be as simple as adding a little bit of code to your website. Whoever does your website should be able to get that for you. But you can really go a step further than that. And I believe the tax credit is up to $5,000. They'll actually um, offset any of your infrastructure, basically investment that you did. Um, there's there's some caveats there. You want to make sure that there might be more than 5,000, but it's, a, it's at least 5,000. I'm doing this off of memory here. Um, but again, it's a tax credit. So it's an exact credit, not a deduction, um, which, you know, you only get 30% or whatever your tax bracket is. It's a tax credit. So again, if you made any sort of improvements to accommodate the disabled in your pharmacy, make sure you document that. It might even be, be a good way to spend some of that extra cash to make sure that your website's compliant, to make sure your parking lot's compliant, all of those types of things so that you're also protecting your assets at the same time as earning a tax credit. All right, number three that we're going to talk about is with the changes of the tax law, uh 2018 i think it was whenever trump did the the tax law uh they changed the way that you can deal with inventory so typically inventory you can't write off your inventory until you dispense it then it becomes cost of goods sold so you might buy a bottle of 100 pills let's say for a hundred dollars and you can't actually write off that hundred dollars as an expense until you dispense it and you might only dispense 30 pills so your those other 70 pills, the other 70% value of that bottle is forever sitting basically in your income, like it's fake income, as I used to call it, it's fake money, because um, you can't write it off. And so you're having to pay taxes and report that, even though you already spent the money. Well, with some of those changes, if a pharmacy switches to cash-based accounting, you can actually write off your inventory. So if you have not made that switch prior if you're sitting on a bunch of extra revenue because of testing or vaccines, this might be the year to do that because if you write off your inventory, you know, 200,000, 150,000, 300,000, um, that's, that's a write-off that you were never able to write off before and that can really offset um, some of those tax bills. So you might wanna talk to your accountant about that and see if it's a good fit. There are some criteria for it, like you can't have more than 25 million in revenue, um, is one of the ones that I remember right off the top of my head. Um, so some of you that might own multiple pharmacies uh, may not qualify for that, but most pharmacies are going to be able to qualify to switch to cash-based accounting, or you might already be doing cash basis, but, but write off that inventory instead of having to carry it. All right, next one is employing your kids. So I learned this many years ago, um, and the really the concept of this is you are transferring wealth to your to your children in a tax-free manner. So it is still an expense on your business. So you're you know obviously going to deduct that as any normal business expense, but you stay under the limit for income taxes. So I don't know what those limits are now these days. It it changes seems to change every year. Probably does. Um, but it, you know if it's twenty thousand or whatever that limit is, put your kids on payroll. 
have them do, have them come in on a Saturday or have them do whatever they can to help with the pharmacy. I know when my kids were young, they vacuum, they dust, they, you know, put, put the little vials in and in all different kinds of things, but have them do some legitimate work. It needs to be legitimate work, but you can pay them and you can transfer that wealth to your kids. The kids won't pay income taxes on it. It is earned income. So you can actually invest that for your kids into like, um, taxable accounts and or Roth IRAs and all that kind of stuff investing side um, because it is earned income um, for them so that that opens some doors to them for investing vehicles that otherwise you can't get without um, earned income but it's a great way to transfer wealth um, to the next generation at um, basically tax-free because you stay under that that limit all right <clears throat> next one is a vehicle purchase so now, I don't recommend going out and purchasing a vehicle just for the sake of saving taxes because that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> um, you're, you're buying an $80,000 vehicle to save $10,000 in taxes. You're like, you're still out $70,000. So, but if you need a new vehicle, want a new vehicle, um, uh, now would be the time if you have extra cash to go do that because there is accelerated depreciation. There is some weight limits, so you're not going to be able to like go buy a Ford Focus. It has to be over, I think, 8,000 pounds or something like that. So like trucks of any size, you know, Land Rovers, uh, uh, you know, SUVs, any of those kinds of things will definitely hit the, hit those weight limits. But with the accelerated depreciation, you basically get to write off the whole cost of the vehicle. Um, don't forget about like RVs too. Um, that's something that we did this year. Um, we bought a used RV, but talk to our tax accountant first because my husband travels a lot on different sites. He does solar um, for his business. And um, so anyways, just think about vehicles because of the accelerated depreciation. If you're sitting on a bunch of extra revenue and cash and you want a vehicle and you need a vehicle, then it may be a good way to reduce your tax bill. All right, next one is to fund employee benefits. Um, now you need to talk to your tax person about this, but if you've ever wanted to, I, I've, I've been talking lately about attracting talent, and you've ever wanted to do something more for your employees in order to attract talent or keep talent, then this might be a really great way to pre-fund employee benefits. And this can be pre-funding you know, their retirement accounts, it could be pre-funding uh their their payroll uh, in advance you know it depends how you all have it set up it could be pre-funding bonuses um you're basically um paying in advance for next year because you had all this revenue this year you're basically paying in advance it's kind of like pre-paying expenses which is goes together with this one but was the next topic i was going to talk about you know maybe you could prepay your rent in a year or prepay um, some of your other regular expenses, like your insurance expenses, um, you know, talk about being able to prepay expenses. Now, depending on the type of accounting that you are following, you may or may not be able to do that. So again, talk to your tax professional. But if you're sitting on a bunch of extra cash right now, and it's money you're already going to spend, you're just going to spend it next year, you might want to consider on prepaying some of those expenses um, and pre-funding some of those accounts. Um, all right, next one is a short-term rental of your house. So um, there were some guidelines that if you rent your primary residence for less than 14 days, I believe it is, you don't have to pay taxes on that income. Now, there's lots, been lots of tax changes. So again, not giving any tax advice. This is just stuff that I, that I have in my head. Uh, 
So what you can do is you can, the business can rent your house in order to have meetings, uh, an employee appreciation party, uh, any of those types of events that are legitimate business events that you would otherwise have to rent somewhere else or, or from a local hotel. And you can pay yourself that rent and on your personal side, you don't have to pay income on that if it's short-term rental for less than 14 days um, and you still get it deducted as a business expense. So again, it's kind of a transferring of wealth in a tax-free manner. Um, there are some income limits and other things. So again, make sure you talk to your tax professional about that, but it can be a really great way to um, save um, from other business expenses in the sense that you're transferring it to yourself. You're not really losing uh, the money. Now, the way to get the normal and customary rate is to call around some venues in your area and ask what their rental rate is for a conference room or for a party room. Um, and that can give you your standard rate. So a hotel might charge, you know, $2,000 a day or something like that. And so it's like, well, now you know that you can pay yourself that amount and that's a normal um, and usual and customary rate. So what you don't want to do is pay yourself $10,000 a day to rent your house and you're going right in your city is $750. Um, so it's, it, they've got a match. And so usually what I've done in the past when I did this is I kept those proposals from the other places, the other venues. And so that way I had proof that that was the going rate at that time, because obviously that can change in the future. So, um, all right, next one is to invest and buy property. So if you're if you're sitting, it kind of goes along with the vehicles, but you know your entity that your pharmacy has, uh, you can do other things with that entity. You know, my my husband and I have had the same entity for years, and we've operated lots of other businesses in that. But real estate is um, can be a long term investment. Now again, this is not going to be for everybody, but um, you can hire property managers if you don't really want to be a landlord. But buying an asset like real estate that is an income producing asset. Again, there's some accelerated depreciation and some other things that you can talk about. So if you're sitting on a bunch of cash, it might be um, you know, something to talk about with your tax professional if um, real estate may be a good option for you um, because it's gonna produce income, it'll probably appreciate, and it could really help you in this tax year so you're not paying a bunch of money to the government. Instead, you're investing in an asset that you'll be able to recoup at some point in the future. Um, all right, so those are kind of just my quick and easy like tax tips. Um, again, not giving tax advice, please talk to your tax uh, professional. Now, if you don't have a good tax professional, I do have some spe specific recommendations. Um, so overall for a pharmacy accountant, pharmacy uh, knowledgeable tax advisor, um, I highly recommend RX Advisors. I will put their website down below. Uh, in the comments because it's rx-advisors.com. Um, but they know a lot of these types of um, strategies uh, a lot more as well um, if you're kind of just in this one year kind of bump. But if you need consistent wealth management and wealth strategies to build your wealth for the least amount of taxes in the, in the most tax compliance um, reduction way, I would highly recommend Tom Wheelwright over at Wealthability. Uh, Tom Wheelwright has literally wrote the book on taxes. <laughs> and um, I, he, him and his wife, he always tells stories about when they go on vacation, they'll go to Hawaii or something on vacation and be sitting on the beach. And they're both reading the tax code. Like 
they love it. They love taxes like I love pharmacy. And so it's it's tough to find somebody that, but he has a whole team of accountants that can really help you strategize around long-term wealth building and tax reduction strategies. So if this is something that's you know long-term or you're looking at a little bit bigger picture than just your business, um, I would highly recommend Tom and his team over at WealthAbility. So I don't see any questions or comments. Um, I know that was a lot of information. Uh, feel free to watch this. This is you know automatically saved inside of the group. But if you have any follow-up questions, I'm happy to help you. Um, of course, my my advice will be just coming from as a friend, not as a tax professional. Um, but uh, definitely happy to bounce some ideas off you and let you know how at least I've implemented some of these into my own life in businesses. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you have a more profitable pharmacy for free. One, join my free group at lisasrxgroup.com. Two, get the latest strategies at diversifyrx.com forward slash blog. Three, watch helpful videos at lisasyt.com. Four, hit that subscribe button and please be sure to leave us a five-star review so we can help more pharmacy owners and bring those insights back to you. Becoming a Pharmacy Badass is proud to be a part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network.